Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Michael Bland. even sure what I'm saying at this point. No, no, that's good. Um, You know, just I I always wondered because a lot of times people are never really quite appreciated um, from, you know, in the city they're from, you know, you know, it's always others that appreciate you. Yes, he had trouble here. I mean, I I remember being uh, somewhere and I heard about uh, like the the, I think the St. Paul City Council, it was the triple threat tour, I'm almost positive. Yeah. That yeah. he wanted to be at the Met Center and they didn't want him to, they didn't want, want to let him do it. Because mm-hmm. he was, you know, the, 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 he's, you know, he's got all these filthy lyrics and he's not, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, we if we let him do that, what does that say about us? And so right. on. If he had to turn it into like a food drive for the homeless, just for them to get off his back so he could yeah. go ahead and get his show on. You know? So I got to say that it wasn't, it, he was not welcome everywhere, you know? Mm-mm. And, you know, but that's like a lot of, a lot of groups and artists from Minneapolis had the same problem. Even Soul Asylum. Before Soul Asylum really broke the country worldwide, uh, the countrywide, they had to conquer the East. It mm-hmm. wasn't until they got written up in the village voice as the best live band in the country. till things started to really move, you know, yeah. move toward like grave dances union and runaway train and all that. Yeah. So it, it took, was, it always t- happens. It has to happen outside of where you, you are. Yeah. Club. Before yeah. you get respected at home. Yeah. Kind of, you know, so it's, I mean, I think that all of those dudes had the same, you know, uh, battle. You know, Dave Perner, Paul Westerberg with the replacements, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. I think they all kind of fought that same battle. It's like, we can't be who, who we really are here. Like, this is a great place to train and to get your chops up and to get your vision together. But there's no industry in, in Minnesota. Right. You know what I mean? There's nobody. Right. That, who are you going to send your demos to? Who are you going to, you know? And there were small indie places like Twin Tone. Twin mm-hmm. Tone Records, but... That was mainly, they mainly dealt in alternative, well, it, was gonna, it wasn't called alternative music back then, but like college rock and just like, just in, indie bands, yeah. like bands yeah. low budgets that sounded kind of rough, like garage bands. Yeah. You know, so, you know, no wonder, you know, Prince had to leave, you know, had to get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was really no thoroughfare for him. Um, and Twin Tone, you know, served... The, that small group of, you know, bands pretty well. Uh, Soul Asylum and Husker Du and The Replacements. And okay, yeah. They, they were, it was a strong label that supported local, you know, kind of rough bands like that. But that, yeah, that wouldn't have been of any use to Prince at all. Mm-hmm. Not doing you know. Uh, so, uh, again, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble staying on. <laughs> on no, that's okay. We kind of got on that subject because of your your preconceived ideas. Oh, that, yeah. 
sure may have had about him yeah so i mean you know and it's it, and i definitely had my sort of spiritual battles along the way because prince was the type of person who liked to like to mix the light and the dark and you know, experiment and and you know push boundaries and I, i'm not that that person i'm not that adventurous i'm not that bold you know mm-hmm. i play support because I, I i understand risk you know yeah. I, I, like, I can you sort of remember something, like, specific that maybe happened while you were in the band that you were like, hmm, we're getting a little dark here. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of something I could actually share that I probably shared bef- before. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I've told this story about we were on the Gold Experience tour. And um, uh, at some point, we started playing P control and the lights kind of sweeped across the front few rows. And there was just all these like young girls, like, you know, some of them with their parents, some of mm-hmm. them was like, where are your parents? You know, <laughs> just like, I, I, I just kind of a voice just started talking and it was like, what's, what's happening. What's actually happening here. Like, what is this music saying or doing? Do they understand what they're hearing? Mm-hmm. You know, Mm-hmm. Like, do you get, you know, because, you know, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I remember a conversation between Prince and Rosie about Get Off, and Rosie was kind of, it was kind of critical of the, of the, of the, uh, the lyrics and whatnot. And he was like, Prince, I don't know, 23 positions in one night. That's bold. Why, how, how I, you know, I, that's, that's kind of nasty, Prince. I don't, I don't know if I can get with all that. And Prince was like, well, he's saying, he, you know, he'll call. He'll call after him. It, it's all right. You know, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with two consenting adults doing what they want to do? You know? And, I don't know, Prince. You know? <laughs> but, you know, we all kind of just, you know, we all at some point kind of put it on the back burner or just kind of worked around it. You know, yeah. like, you know, uh, but that's interesting though that you say that because I know Dez also had a similar story and situation um, when he was in the band. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gail Chapman, when she was in the band, this is like, yeah, there were a few people along the way, along his career line that it's it was sort of the same sort of situation. It's like, I'm not sure yeah. if I can. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Taking it all like that, it, yeah, it's uh, you know. But whenever things got too you know, too dark or argumentative or like you know when things kind of were not working out, you know, mm-hmm. I always hear my dad's voice in my head saying, "You know, you can always leave. You don't have to do this." Yeah, this is true. And I have to uh, uh, reckon with the fact that. I, I never did really go. I, I always took the easy way and just it was like I'm I was I could sleep in my own bed at night. You know, if I got home, I could sleep in my own bed. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to move to New York or Los Angeles to 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 make a foyer into the music yeah, business. You know, right. That was very attractive to me to be like a hometown hero and you know, and sometimes, you know, have a little favors done and this and that. And you know, like it was it felt good, you know. I was a young person and I, you know, I, I like that. And so whatever, you know, equivocations I had about matters of the spirit or what was, you know, was going on in that, that mm-hmm. respect, I just rationalized it all away. 
you know, but it wasn't until like later, like that tour, the gold experience tour where it was like that. I really, that, that situation made an impression on me that I really couldn't ignore. And, you know, it just, was it a hard, was it a hard tour for you? Because of that. It was a hard tour for everybody because, I mean, it was the heat of the, the battle with Warner Brothers. You know, it was a lot of things that there were a lot of things that were difficult to understand. And, uh, you know, uh, Prince would try to explain it, you know, sometimes. And some of it you could understand, some of it you, you, you couldn't necessarily. But it, it, it at that time, we did not understand how uh, important a standoff it would be for future musicians mm-hmm. and artists because like really he made it his business to educate anybody who would listen after that about what the record business is really like you know what he was struggling with what he was trying to get and you know I, I remember Did you one instance where, it? somewhat but I mean to to be in that kind of uh position to, to be a musician working for Prince. It's like you had all you could to just stay up and aim for perfection on a daily basis. And then on top of that, you know, we get called into his office and he wants to vent and kind of, you know, bounce things off of us and so on and so forth. And it just, uh, don't, you know, it's at the time I remember being uh, quite a bit, uh, I was a, a, a bit self-centered. I was just like, why is he doing, why is he complaining to us? We didn't sign mm-hmm. no contract, you know? It's like, if it, you know, and and at the time, I, I knew that his management had advised against it. They okay. were like, Prince don't want to do it. And, yeah. But I think that Janet Jackson had signed a deal with Virgin that was like supposed to be the biggest deal, you know, signed in like history. Uh and he was like, I, I, I got to top it, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I, I got to. So he was intent on having the biggest record deal, you know, and at, at his, at his own peril, you know, to a certain degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, anybody who knows anything about Prince's track record, he made a lot of big mistakes, but he just kept moving, you know, he would just keep moving through it. He wouldn't stop and ruminate well, at, yeah. or, you know, reminisce. It's because that's pointless. So he had the good, mm-hmm. you know, sense to know that failures come and, and they go. So yeah, was know, that a was that a good. lesson that you took away? Um, uh, is uh, well. Somewhat, uh, definitely that, I'll, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about the song Gold the other day. And because uh, I always kind of, I was like, I'm not sure I know what the song is about exactly. And, and in, a, in one sense, I feel like the song is about the fact that almost everything, everything that's good has, 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 has a hook in it. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, candy will, will give you cavities. You know, right. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. n- nothing, nothing is exactly as it seems. Everything has consequences. Even at the center of fire, there is cold. Oh. All that glitters a gold. It's like, yeah, you can, you can be uh, uh, seduced 
by the sparkly things in life, mm-hmm. but a lot of them have no substance. In, in a way, it's like it's like seek the truth, you know. Yeah. Don't be, don't let, don't be distracted by all these glittering, you know, prizes and whatnot mm-hmm. that you encounter. You you have to you have to live in 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 truth, in your own truth. Yeah. You know. And uh, so I really think that's what the song is about. It's almost, I, I, at first I was like, he's saying that, you know, this life is a sham. It's a ruse, you know, but not exactly, you know. So I think a lot of what he felt and thought really was in his music. You know, people, you know, would ask me like, well, what was he like to talk to? And I'm like, well, it depended on, you know, what he was going through, really. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes he was very demure, very shy, you know, but that could turn at the drop of a dime. It just depended on the circumstances. <laughs> you know? I mean, he was a Gemini if I ever met one. <laughs> I heard a quote recently from him. I've been watching that Once Upon a Time in Minneapolis series. Yeah, that is very good. I've enjoyed yeah. that. And I was surprised to hear myself in that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> a little raggedy comments. Who <laughs> said something about there's another person inside of me, and and that person's sex is yet to be determined. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, okay, well, he's acknowledging that there's another voice. There's more. There's more than one. You know, there's a at least a duality. Yeah, going on. And I was like, well, okay, that makes sense. Having known him, you know, at least to the extent that I did, mm-hmm. like things could change very quickly. You know, were you ready? Kind of when you first saw that happen, it could have been anything. Um, where it was one minute, it was this is what we're doing, and this is the road we're going down, and then you know, the next hour to it's totally flipped, and you're like, uh-huh. well, well, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my bearings here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Well, first off, I was too prideful to ever admit that I was losing my bearings, even if I was. I was in a room full of adult men who had been on that gig, some of them for, you know, for mm-hmm. years and years. I, mean, I couldn't say that around Levi. I couldn't say that around Miko or Fink, that I was having trouble. Oh, well, you know? yeah, but internally you're like, what oh, is yeah. this? Well, all the time, you know, but he kind of um, sort of massaged me out of that headspace of 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 uh, uncertainty. Like, mm-hmm. I would be very hesitant when we'd start working on new ideas in the studio sometimes. He'd say, uh, play a beat that's kind of like this and that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd go to play and then I'd stop. I just would, like, hesitate. Because I'm thinking about the fact that I'm being watched by these super professional, you know, it's like I just would get intimidated. And uh, he would say, put your hands down. You know, just just play, you know, don't be, don't worry about mistakes. Don't worry about all that. Just, this is not, this is not about that. This is, this is about having a sense of discovery. It's about the exploration. You know, he, he was always trying to get us to respond to his environment in a subjective way. Okay. You know, so like, not like, don't worry about how it looks. Like he was there to be the eyes and ears. Your your job is just to produce content. Yeah, you know, he'll figure out whether it's good or not after. Right. So 
working. But at you that just sort like don't edit yourself. Yeah, right? you can't plan yeah. if you're trying to plan. You're 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 holding yourself back. Mm -hmm. He wants you to get in the moment and be present. You know, in a situation like that. So I learned from that just to be from from Prince to be not afraid to experiment uh, mm -hmm. to have that sense of adventure. Don't be afraid to step out of what you know. You know, how, how are you going to find something new if you keep going, you know, hanging around the same neighborhood? You, you know, you got to get out, stretch your yeah. legs, see what's going on, over, you know, down the street. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, were you surprised at that level of output? Or did you think, well, everybody does this? What's that? The level of output that he had. And oh, his, as an artist? His, yeah. Uh, it didn't really hit me till I left. Didn't hit you, you till you, okay. It, it, so you I just mean, thought was, initially, it, it probably is like this for everybody, right? I, I knew he worked. He was busy, uh, you know, all the, if he wasn't with us, he was in the studio. Mm. Or if we were at the studio, he would, sometimes we were in the studio with him, sometimes we weren't. But sometimes he'd go, he'd come walking out to the soundstage from Studio A, something he's working on, you know, come out, you know, play with us for a little while and then go back to the studio sometimes. We'd still be running the show. Levi would still have us, you know, doing what we were mm -hmm. supposed to do. But um, so, I mean, he just kind of was like, he never stopped. He just. So was that normal for you? Did you think that was normal? No, nobody thought it was normal, but I didn't really understand how little a lot of other artists have to do with what goes on around them until I broke out. Okay. Not broke out, but I mean, until I started yeah. working with other people. People, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and one gig that I had uh, in uh, 1990, uh, that kind of went off and on. Uh, up through the year 2000. I'm not going to say the artist's name because okay. I, I like him so much. He was such a nice guy. I respect that. And But um, like playing that gig, it was like, wow, this is very, uh, this is kind of uneventful. This is kind of almost like watching paint dry, mm -hmm. you know, and a couple of friends of mine who um, had been on Prince's crew were on his crew also. Okay. And within the first couple of days of rehearsal, each one of them caught me at a point when I was by myself and said, are you you're bored already? For real? I said, what did you hear? I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say a word. What are you talking they about? Like, and they were all like, I, we can just tell. I mean, this is a whole different kind of rhythm. This is everything's moving mm -hmm. slow around. It's got to be driving you crazy. Like, they don't know, but I know you. I've been looking at you for years, man. Well, don't make it. A, I need this money now. <laughs> you know, don't mess you up my that. job. Like, you Shut your mouth. Yeah. Oh, I was improved. I'm pleased as much. <laughs> Happy to be working. No, don't right. So, well, yeah, how that's what I got. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, this is, this is. Prince was like superhuman in terms of productivity. He just, it was, mm -hmm. I, and I knew it was hard work, but I didn't realize like how disengaged a lot of other artists could be or were. Now, are you like that too? 
what like I need to be busy all of the time. Like that level of output is really what you prefer. Uh, I think I preferred it when I was closer to it. When I was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I realize now that uh, I'm always trying to teach myself to be patient and to really focus, uh, focus on what I'm doing. I mean, Prince was not the normal type of, uh, not a lot about him was normal. Right. Like this was a person who pretty much wrote songs in his head and then got to the studio and, and figured out the details after. <laughs> you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody can do that. Some people yeah. got to sit down with, you know, with the instrument and the uh, notepad. And, okay. Well, what's this about? Like, that's almost, that's where I'm at with songwriting. Like I got to like, okay, what am I writing about? You know? And, and, you know, it's like even with the perfect pitch, it's like I can imagine chord progressions and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then I got to get, get, you know, put my hands down and start to figure things out. Like I can relate to what Prince was able to do. But along with the lyrics, too, it's like people don't realize how hard good songwriting is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so how hard it is to do. And I wouldn't say every song he ever wrote was a masterpiece, but he right. got. He, he was. Of his peers, he was he was uh, easily the most interesting lyricist, uh, or, or yeah, lyricist. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I remember seeing a, a quote from Bono from U two. He was like, "Does anybody realize how good Prince is as a, as a songwriter? Like, they're so impressed with everything else that you forget he's also <laughs> doing this. Like, there's nobody else. It's like you could of." Of his peers in the mid '80s, he's the only one you could lock in a room, oh, yeah. lock in a studio, you know. Yeah, <laughs> coming out with hits <laughs> by himself and mm-hmm. and emerge from that isolation with a hit record with nobody else around. Like, you know, I, oh, no. I it was just it, he was um he was so strong in every area. It's it's hard to appreciate it all, and I think also that was some of why he didn't really get the credit he was supposed to get as a guitar player. Yeah. You know, his guitar yeah. playing is almost incidental after the rest of it, you know, but he, he worked very hard to be, he worked a lot, really hard on his guitar play, you know? And it's funny because I, I think I've told this, I probably have told this story before of, um, he wasn't happy with his guitar tone one day. This is probably in like 94, 95. And it was just down to like the five of us or the six like him and Maite, more Sonny, Tommy, and me. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of people around, you know, and um, we were playing and he didn't like his tone and he just took the guitar off and he said, he said, Sonny, can you, can you help me with, can, can you help me with the tone? You know, I'll be back in about a half an hour. Can you, you know, and so he said, yeah, okay. And I think, uh, I think Zeke was the guitar player, at, uh, the, the guitar tech at the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, Zeke! And Zeke came out and Sonny put on Prince's guitar and, you know, kept working on the tone and getting this and that, you know, and uh, and Prince Prince walked walk back in and Sonny was playing his guitar and Sonny, <laughs> Sonny was whooping it up, you know? <laughs> and I really think it, not only did it inspire Prince, but it was like he remembered who Sonny was in a moment. And mm-hmm. Sonny was the cat that he looked up to more than anybody yeah. growing up, you know? And I, and, uh, I think it was either Jimmy Jam or Terry Lewis who said, 
they were asking somebody asked them like, why did it take so long for Sonny to you know finally be in the in the band? And, in the uh, band. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them said, I think it was Jimmy's. Like you have to understand, Sonny was Prince's mentor. To have your mentor in your band takes a certain you know you got to be self assured and confident and you know what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah, like, you it, can't. It took, you you got to be ready to have that. Yeah, a part of your band, and yeah, that that you have somebody exactly. You have mm-hmm. somebody in your band that you admire that much. You really you trying to you trying to impress him, you know, because you both know what he can do. Right. So, right. Know, so I think it 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 kind of put Prince back on. Like the next day, I showed up. I used to show up to rehearsal a little bit before, and. Mm. Um, and I heard uh, somebody playing guitar at the sound stage. I'm like, Prince usually comes after, you know, he's usually late. And I went in and I kind of looked and it was him. He was just like, it was like he was practicing. This is the next day after Sonny got his tone together. Oh. Like he was like back at the grind, like, you know, like mm-hmm. Sonny made him like, you know, <laughs> Sonny kind of shoved him a little bit. Like, what you got, yeah. man? You know, yeah, but um, I, I, you know, it's uh, I again, I don't remember Audrey where 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 we started here. <laughs> hey, we just we just talking. We just All talking. right, we just talking. <laughs> My short um, term is gone, Audrey. I, I, hey, I get I it. So is now. mine. So is I'll mine. Fifty-four in March, and oh. oh. That old and it's time. looking good on you. Oh, I'm, I'm, see, this is the thing. Right now, it's like I, my my wife usually shaves my head and keeps me groomed up, uh-huh. but she likes when all the hair comes out. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel right. But it's like, but the the attention. Like, <laughs> I didn't leave the house looking like this, but you know, yeah, but whatever it you know it happens to do. I just I don't ah. Uh, you and look I, great. You know what? I go, I go back to good times on it. <laughs> his hair was always messed up. Like, yeah, well. You know what I mean? Like, it was always kind of... <laughs> kind of crazy. Had, there was so much raw, you know, sexual magnetism. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't you care know, about that hair. Was, he was a working man. He was like, a, you know, like, I get my hands dirty when I go to work. <laughs> you know, I might do construction. I might even just... That that raw yeah. you know, animal. I get it. It's like Marvin Gaye kind of had that too. It's like he put that hat on that 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 knit hat. Yeah. And women just ah falling out. And you look like a man, right. like like a good like a man with integrity, like a man who's not. That's right, with a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm not that guy, but I look like it. But I am all here. I'm thinking it for now. <laughs> I love it. Keep it going. Keep it. Well, I hope you enjoyed part two of my conversation with Michael Bland. Please tune in to part three, which is available now. <laughs>